I always thought when you were playing the the uh, Pokemon game, when it says it's not very effective, I didn't know that the attack was bad. Really? <laughs> I just well, I, I better thought try it. Was, you random, yeah, you yeah. had your random cho- chance. To. I thought it was sort of a random thing. I thought it was like, and I also didn't like just because of the wording. I thought it was kind of being polite. You know, it's got the ellipses behind it. It's like it wasn't very effective. But you could try again. <laughs> but like, it wasn't bad. It wasn't no good. <laughs> your Pokemon just wasn't trying. Is, it was effective. It just wasn't this, very effective. Your Pokemon just wasn't trying. My no, favorite was my uh, when you would have like a level 60 fighting like a level 5. It'd still be mm-hmm. very, not very effective, but it would just instantly kill like a Rattata with yeah. Charizard. Not very effective. And then you take it as an insult. And it's like, oh, not very effective? Well, why don't you tell that to the dead Pokemon? <laughs> That's what I want to know. Well, watch like, why this. don't you go tell it to that guy? Flamethrower. <laughs> that word can become that. That phrase is so condescending yet so untrue. Not very effective. And led me led me down many a dangerous path. Guys, welcome to Roll and Move, the Internet's podcast that takes a look at the weirder, more bizarre, older board games out there. We break them down. We see what works, what doesn't work, and we uh, we pray that we don't encounter any dice-based purgatory. I don't know. I don't know what we do if we encounter that. It's it, it's never a pretty sight <laughs> when we have to go down that wretched hole. So we pack of, up. Uh, your redemption. Yeah, we have to pack things up. But uh, there is a little bit of that today. I am your first co-host, one of the creators of Rough Draft Games, and Thomas Sugarberg, and with me here as always is... Garrett Lively, original Pokemon Red player, and uh, got missing now. So, you know, got you the whole... I sure did. Yeah. Did you catch him, or I... did you... I glitched him. I, th- I, I well, I, I caught him, but I I followed whatever glitch. That was me. a quick forty-five seconds, wasn't it? Yeah. Cinnabar, just up and <laughs> down the coast. If you, can, if you catch missing, though, it breaks your game. That's what I heard. Nah, uh, I, I I it did not break my game. I I got to one fifty-two with using missing now. So, I, I well, you use missing no. You catch missing no. It breaks your game, kid. There you go. Why don't you learn the lore? Why don't you learn the lore? You disgust me. I'm pretty sure I have. Next. Next. Thank you. Uh, And I'm Jeff Lee. uh, I'm still to this day looking for Mew, and I'm pretty sure he's in one of those trash cans in the SSN, Um, but I'm not sure which one. I'm pretty sure I've looked at all of them, but I might have looked at them in a different order. Yeah. Uh, But I'll try again tomorrow. It's no good. I'm pretty sure sure it's RNG. I'm just All looking I know for Mew. You better have burn heal. I saw so. it online. Somebody said that you can find Mew, and I saw a picture. It's got to be real. Mm-hmm. You guys ever go check out the truck over by the SSN? It's just off screen. Yeah. I don't remember what happened. Was there like a TM in there? There was literally nothing. It was just like supposed to be an Mew? asset. Yeah, it was supposed to be where Mew is. Mew's supposed to be under the truck, according to legend. But uh, and they were like, if you get an upgraded version of strength, you can move the truck and you can get Mew. And then somebody uh, said that you could do something with Missing No to get Mew, or Missing No is supposed to be Mew, and uh, it's all horse. I miss, I miss like early internet lore where people would be like, you can unlock Goku in Super Smash Brothers, and everything was like, it was sort of like in the days of the internet where as long as someone had like a somewhat good looking GeoCities, (laughs) no Comic Sans, you could trust whatever they were saying. Right. The, the problem is today it goes two ways, right? Like either one, it's DLC. Like any any sort of Easter egg is like, you can get it, you just got to pay for it. Uh, or the other <laughs> one is like, it gets ruined in day one. Like somebody data mines it and everyone knows about it on the first day, all the cool <laughs> Easter eggs. And you're like, dude, what the heck? They're, they're, the, they're the ones that need spoiler tags and everything, but they just don't put them yeah. on anything. 
I love I love that people just take the mystique out of it and just data mine a game and <laughs> just ruin anything that they wanted you to discover. They're just like, nope, it's all there. Or and if it's not what they want isn't there, they'll just make mods for the game. Yep. So now it's like, I don't know, the mystique is gone. It's a little sad, but we can re- relive the things that we loved in our past as we've been talking about our past for this entire introduction and we've been hinting very much at this uh, this nice adrenaline uh, sh- junkies fix of nostalgia that we're going to be uh, we're going to be getting today. Garrett, what what game are we taking a look at? We're playing the 1999 cult classic Pokemon Master Trainer. And did you play this game in your childhood, Garrett? Because you were having some PTSD flashback moments, <laughs> I think, while we were playing this. Of uh, as you were like, "Is this my life? Do I remember actually a physical?" I think I, I, think I muttered, not I again, not again. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yet again. Uh, yeah, no, I, I did play this game uh, as a child, or not a child. I was, I was probably 12, 13, 13 years old. I think this game came out back in 1999, uh, mm. but I played it, you know, 2003, 2004, something like that. Yeah, I, um, it looked really familiar. I remember kind of the pogs, and um, I actually texted my, my cousins had this game. I texted to make sure, and yeah, sure enough, they told me, yeah, this looks, I don't know how you dug this up, but they're like, how did you get a copy? And I was like, the did- internet. did you did you tom i have not this is my first time playing this game i skipped out on the uh on the board game stuff for for pokemon board games i i really didn't get into board games until you got me into them uh in college um yeah so i i was completely out of the scene at this point right i did have small soldiers big battle that's true that's true i was i was on my way out of the board game scene by really this point i see so uh what are you gonna do? Good for you. It's a bad biz. <laughs> yeah. I, no, I actually, I the first time I played this game, I remember it was at a uh, birthday party, and we were playing Super Smash Brothers to, to tie all all the elements of this episode together. Yeah, we played mm-hmm. we had a Super Smash Brothers party. We were playing Halo, and then it was like one in the morning, and we pulled out Pokemon Master Trainer, and uh, very similar to how we played tonight, I caught many legendary Pokemon only to have them forcibly stolen from me without my consent. So. I'm sorry. That's 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 a really rough situation. Well, you got some good stuff in return, right? <laughs> got, got a couple fainted Porygons and a, <laughs> a Rattata. A Rattata. <laughs> Basically, that's all right. you had the real-life version of what Jeff described as sort of the, the neighborhood bully cornering you at the pool. You know, like you bring your Pokemon collection to the pool because you're an idiot and you don't feel things that water. They're not. All yeah, they're not the covered at all. They're not in protective yeah, sleep. I just got I just got this booster pack. I have a Flareon and it's holographic. And then like that kid just crawls out of the water. And he's like, hey, <laughs> pulls cards out yeah. of his out of his trunks pocket. <laughs> They're in there for some reason. They're like sopping wet. It's like, yo, man, check this out. I have. You're never gonna believe this. I have a Growlithe. <laughs> it's like I have a Fire Energy card. This one's super rare. Especially because I put it in the water and it didn't disintegrate. This is insane. Can you, you imagine? You can tell the, the fire orb is actually off-center here. This is worth a lot of money. I'll, I'll do you a favor, though. The, I, I already have one of these, and uh, if you give mm-hmm. me your holographic Charizard, uh, this is actually worth more, but I just want to complete the set. So. Do, you, do you guys actually have any of those trades? I, I remember one of the trades that I made. I had my card stolen. Um, I had a, <laughs> I, no, seriously, I, so I don't remember when it happened, but I had like – I had quite a collection and i think a lot of it got, all my holographics got stolen but i will say i remember um the hol- first edition holographic charizards were like the thing to get like yeah. nobody had them and if you ever got them you like it was like you know hitting the lottery 20 bucks is what they were going for at batters up and uh kids. and uh i remember getting 
I remember getting. Uh, does anyone remember the um, the misprint first edition Butterfreeze? Does anyone know? So there was like a misprint where the the one looked like the leather D. Yes. Uh, and so there's a bubble on them. And I was like, sure. I was like, this thing is like, you know, the Charizard was, in I was telling kids, the Charizard was intentional, but this thing, <laughs> this thing doesn't this happen every week. I'm telling you. <laughs> the, <laughs> Trying the, to trade the it Pokemon, off. <laughs> the, the trades that I remember, I had a friend who uh, gave me his Pokemon cards as a sort of a gift. I can't remember what it was for, but I remember he gave me his first edition Charizard. It wasn't holographic, but he stapled a note to it. <laughs> <laughs> that's great it was like through the very card. nice it, huh like through the card through the card <laughs> ruining it's so great hey go bud and uh, he didn't he didn't realize what he had done but i was just like oh thanks man the, <laughs> the only other trades that i remember other than that is teddy's little brother victor i traded him a voltorb for a bulbasaur <laughs> i gave it and he wanted the voltorb and i wanted the bulbasaur and it was great if all trades were like that i wouldn't be talking about this next one my brother got my Flareon from me uh, because he gave me a. F <laughs> Seem kind of mad, bud. A little mad about it. He gave me he gave me an Electabuzz that he had That's gotten rare, right? from the. Uh, That's not that came, bad. He told he convinced me that it was rare because it was the card that they gave away to everybody when Pokemon the first movie came out. <laughs> oh, it was and one of those cards. Okay, it was one of those cards. So it was like it was given out like candy. It might be. Rare nowadays. I don't think any of the cards. So are yeah, so it wasn't like the real out of the pack Electabuzz. It was right. Like the it one was, that everyone got the, the giveaway. promo Electabuzz, yeah. and he got my holographic Flareon. For, it's probably in the basement right now. I could probably go get it if I just really take it back. To. Just take I've it waited back twenty one years to take this back. I I didn't get in. Me. I didn't get into me. the uh, the cards, but I did go get the Burger King collectible like gold plated quote-unquote gold-plated uh like pokeballs with the gold card in there they had oh, like yeah. five of them i had those i think i think i had mewtwo i don't remember what the other ones were and then you break that out at a party and people are like that's not a real pokemon that real? <laughs> that's real. you can't play that yeah. you can't play it not regulation buddy yeah yeah but anyways enough nostalgia-ing about pokemon i i can only imagine how excited we would be if we were working on a pokemon themed game and like how much fun it would be to bring our own spin on design and mechanics and gameplay to it. Um, but we, we didn't have that chance. Fortunately, we do actually know the designer of this game, or at least one of us does. Uh, Jeff, who designed this game and how on earth do we fit into the six <laughs> degrees of this designer? So uh, Bill Sabrum was a guy that I worked for, uh, work with uh, at, um, at my old company. And uh, Bill's a good guy. He's a, a game designer that had worked for, um, I mean, I'm going to do him justice here. So it was Hasbro, and it was, I want to say, Milton Bradley, but Hasbro for sure. So uh, Bill had designed a couple games. Most of them, I think, were educational games. He had joined our team uh, to focus on uh, mostly around educational and experiential learning. So I got to work with Bill for about a year um, at the same company for some time. And I knew that he had previously worked for some big companies and had made a couple games. Uh, and we were, I was pleasantly surprised to find out after we had played this game that Bill was one of the designers listed here. So, uh, Bill, if you're listening, uh, thanks for the fodder. He, he, yeah. didn't, he, didn't, uh, he didn't flaunt about it walking up and down the hall. Hey, did you check out this game I made? <laughs> He's got a couple of fans on his uh, Board Game Geek page. I don't know if he knows that he has one, but uh, I'll, I'll be, I'm more than happy to read out some of the 
uh, fodder from his fans. Would you like to hear an entry? Uh, well, real, real quick, just to jump back to help Jeff out, uh, Hasbro bought out Milton Bradley back in the 80s, so I, I think you're correct ah, in saying the Hasbro Milton Bradley. Not wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Not wrong. Uh, but so, yes, please, go for the fodder. Oyas R.A.R., I don't know how to spell that, or say that, uh, <laughs> says, I became a, ban- a fan of Bill Sabrum because of the Buffy the Vampire Slayer the game. Eh? Yeah. yeah. So that, and then the next person under it says number one fan. So he has a number one fan. I don't know how many people can say they have a number one fan. A number one and a number two. Uh, Buffy the Vampire is one of the like. Uh, it's a it's a big cult classic from like the it's. I think it came out two thousand. Um, mm-hmm. I actually was listening to the Tice Tower podcast and they were going over their top ten or twenty games from the year two thousand and this was on a lot of really? people's list. Yeah, it's a it's a big fan favorite, but. Uh, yeah, shout out to Bill Cerebrum. I think he probably worked yeah. with Rob Davio on that. Um, and I'm sure he has a bunch of uncredited designs in the, mm-hmm. as the... Yeah, working for a big company like... Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah, shout out Bill. Bill helped us with our game. Uh, Jeff talked to him just a lot about the you know the player agency. I, I remember he. I remember one of the quotes you gave us, Jeff, was, uh, uh, why are the jurors going to give a shit or something like that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tell me why the jurors uh, are going to give a shit. He really, he really <laughs> helped us kind of flesh out the, the whole idea there mm-hmm. so yeah hey thanks bill thanks bill <laughs> this time it's payback bill. now, <laughs> now sit down and listen our germ mechanics <laughs> without with getting away with it well we're coming after you where it hurts your game you released and you probably got a ton of money for back in the early 2000s <laughs> time to twist the knife boys <sighs> so we'll show you bill <laughs> We love you, Bill. Uh, let's go ahead and uh, open the uh, open the box, Garrett. So, can you tell us what's in the game? Yeah. Well, first of all, what's important with this game, and this, I think, this is the only game that comes to mind that uses this uh, not mechanism, but uh, I don't know idea, where you need to look at the front of the box. The front of the box has all 150 original Pokemon. And it also has little evolution trees connected. So, like, you can see, you know, Pikachu to Raichu or you know, Charmander to Charmeleon to Charizard. And you actually use that within the game because you need to know the evolutionary trees. I'll, I'll skip that. But, yeah, first first game I can recall that uses the outside of the box where you need to use that as a part of the game. Nice. So, inside the box, we have a huge map of uh, the, the world of... Pokemon. What, I don't do. Do we know what the continent's called? The is I believe this, it's Indigo. Is the first. Oh, it's Kanto, Indigo right? Kanto. I thought it was Kanto, Kanto was the first one. Oh shoot! Yeah, you're right. Indigo's second. Kanto region. Or is it Johto. I don't know. I don't know. Something. It, well, they're in the first region of, of Pokemon. You know, from the original uh, Red, Blue, Yellow games. You've got a map. You go through Pallet Town, Viridian City, Pewter. Um, you know, Cerulean. All the cities are laid out there. And basically, as you progress. Uh, you pretty much have little spaces to put down these little pog-shaped discs, or uh, pogs, essentially. On the backside, it's just a color that matches the city that it's in, and then on the uh, flip side, it is a Pokemon. Basically, as you're progressing throughout the map, uh, the Pokemon get higher and higher level and kind of match up with the Pokemon that you would find in those regions. So, for example, as you're traveling from Pallet Town to Viridian City, you'll come across maybe a Rattata or a Pidgey or a Weedle, and then as you're getting, uh, you know, closer to Fuchsia, maybe you'll come across, a, I don't know, a Magmar or an Electabuzz or something like that. So all 150 Pokemon are in the game. 
you've got some event cards, which are the you know the chance cards of any good roll and move. Uh, mm-hmm. You've got your item cards, which include Pokeballs, which help you catch Pokemon, some battle modifiers. And then in the center of the map, you have the Indigo Plateau, which is where you face the Elite Four and possibly Gary. Uh, and I also off to the side, a little Cinnabar Island. So uh, that's the board. You got your Pogs with Pokemon. You got everybody's got their own die. And then everybody has an Ash Ketchum little figurine, which we've got some great art that I'll put up on the website of uh, people people painting their Ash Ketchum models uh, in various colors: uh, red, green, blue, yellow, pink. I like the people blue. who like just dip it in one color, one solid. <laughs> yeah, it's just That's pretty good, I guess. Yeah, uh, dip it in brown. Uh. <laughs> Um, and yeah, so that's basically all that's in the box. Uh, we did play on the tabletop simulator mod and I have the newest, uh, iteration of that. And the gentleman that created the tabletop simulator mod for us today also threw in some pokeballs, which are the, the bags to store the Pokemon in. And he has some mm-hmm. 3d models of Pikachu, Mewtwo and Charizard out on the board. And additionally, the starter Pokemon, uh, the only one that I thought was humorous was, uh, Meowth, because for some reason he got a T model. Uh, <laughs> actually, actually, you know what? I'm sorry. Charmander is also a T model, which is kind of funny. But he he got some T models for these guys. Uh, so yeah, that's uh that's that's in the box. Um, do you for the for the Meowth was that actually in the original game or did they add that to sort of like allow more players on Tabletop Simulator too? Yeah, no, this is originally a six player game. There's actually some uh, Board Game Geek mods and some Tabletop Simulator extra rules that allow for I think eight players and oh, they include cool. more starter Pokemon. But the starter Pokemon that you can get in in uh, Pokemon Master Trainer are the original three. You can get Squirtle, Charmander, Bulbasaur. You can also get uh, Pikachu, and you can also get Clefairy, yep, Clefairy and Meowth. So pretty much like the six most popular Pokemon, except for some reason they went with Clefairy instead of Jigglypuff. But I think, like, I think those are probably like the six most. I get those confused all the time. Honestly, yeah. that was just probably Bill. Just uh, you know, <laughs> right. Hey, you got a pink puff. You got a pink puff. Which one are you gonna go with? You know, I'm just the designer uh, on this. I don't even know anything game. about Pokemans. Yeah, but I, I think those were the six most recognizable Pokemon across, you know, like, if you're the most basic of fans, you could get those six Pokemon listed. So uh, right. so I, I think those are the six starters that you can go with. Uh, but yeah, basically, the the way you play this game is you travel around the board, uh, and whenever you land on a space next to one of those Pokemon Pogs, flip it over, and it will have... Uh, uh, some dice rolls that you can possibly roll to try and catch that Pokemon. Uh, the weaker ones have like three different numbers you can possibly roll to catch it. And then the stronger ones, you have to roll exactly you know, a five or a six to catch that Pokemon. And basically you travel around the map collecting these Pokemons and you want to get a total party group with at least 20 power. So each Pokemon has a, like, a little power number listed next to it. Mm-hmm. And once you get to that power of 20... You get to go to Cinnabar Island, and then on your next turn, enter the Indigo Plateau with an attempt to go around this little circular mini section uh, that just goes around in a circle. And it's got two spots in there that say enter final battle. And then uh, you go into the final battle attempting to defeat one of the members of the Elite Four or your ultimate rival, Gary. Uh, As you're traveling around the map, you can stop next to another player and challenge them to a battle. Uh, basically, you each choose a Pokemon, you roll a die, and you get to play one or zero, one or two cards, uh, which are basically just attack modifiers. Add all those number up, 
whoever wins, the other player gets their Pokemon knocked out, and the winner gets to steal two item cards. Yeah. Uh, there are also in the event cards a bunch of things that are just like uh, catch a random Pokemon, take a Pokemon of a certain color, you know, catch one of the legendary unknown. They're called the unknown dungeon Pokemon in this game. You know, your right. the, the legendary legendaries. birds, yeah, Moltres, Articuno, mm-hmm. and also yeah, Mewtwo's thrown in there. Uh, but the one thing I do, I do want to talk about is force a trade event card, which <laughs> <laughs> specifically specifically frustrated me because uh, I got I got right out of Pewter City at the very beginning of the game, drew an event card, uh, flipped the unknown dungeon Pokemon, and with no card modifiers whatsoever, rolled a straight six to catch. Uh, Zapdos, right? Uh, it was Zapdos. Yep, it was Zapdos. <laughs> Zapdos. Zapdos flies. Imagine you're playing Pokemon Red. Zapdos flies right in front of you with early pass. Says, "Hey, buddy, why don't I join yeah. your party?" Yeah, and you you like, have like you have like a Weedle, and you just you're like, "Well, I got nothing better to do." So you toss a Pokeball out there, and you hit B on its second rumble, and you're like, "Oh my god, I actually caught it somehow." And so it's I like, was like, "Yeah, dude, it, I just got a I got a Moltres," and he had I'm like good. an attack power of nine. So yeah. I was like, "I'm gonna I'm gonna be able to get into the Indigo Plateau pretty quickly." Before my next turn, it had been stolen from me as, <laughs> as Thomas gets an event card that says force a trade. And so yeah. I'm like, all right, well, I think I have to consent to the trade. Uh, look up the rules. No, nope. no. You just get to take any Pokemon that's not one of the starter Pokemon, which who cares if you take my Meowth? I didn't care if you wanted my Meowth. Uh, no, he just he took he took my Zapdos and handed me a Rattata in return. Um, I get a little bit further in the game, get another one of the unknown dungeon cards catch this Moltres that Jeff had tried, you know, two or three times to catch. His next turn, he gets a Force Trade card. He gives me a Porygon for Moltres. That was fainted, by the way. <laughs> a fainted Porygon. And <laughs> so, uh, I, don't know, I don't know what you're mad about. It was a good trade. <laughs> Just run into the Pokemon Center, Garrett. Jeez. It's not that bad. Not bad. Tom it's and, virtual reality. Tom and Jeff are, you know rubbing elbows with the elite four and i'm over off in cerulean city trying to convince nurse joy to revive my porygon so it was a it's a rough outing for me but yeah it's it's pretty it's a pretty brutal mechanic i will say there are ways (laughs) to stop a force trade i've for example towards the end of the game i had an insane amount of item cards just because we'll get we'll get to the end game mechanics and Mm -hmm. why that was so but uh, if you have something called a polka doll, you can stop a trade or you can use it to stop prevent a person from attacking you. It's almost like a substitution, right? If mm-hmm. someone says, I want to battle Thomas or I want to trade for trade Thomas, you can use that item card to prevent the trade. But if you're low on items and you got to keep in mind, Garrett found this legendary card like instantly. Instantly. We had two cards. I had a, uh, a Squirtle and a Rattata. Jeff had a, uh, what, a, Charmander. a Charmander and I don't know, like a Nidoran or something. Yeah. And then Garrett's like, and he's got a Meowth and a Zapdos. <laughs> so it's it's sort of like in the beginning of the, and this is what I wanted to say earlier. In the first episode of Pokemon, Ash sees that legendary Pokemon flying around the sky. And it's supposed to be like, think of all the potential that lies in the world of Pokemon. Uh-huh. And like the wonders and the power. Got him. <laughs> and then it just lands and it's like, hey, what's up? We're going to wreck everything. <laughs> Yeah. Goes with Ash, yeah. and then the series ends in the next episode. <laughs> it's just wreck game over. I thought that was—I thought it was my destiny. I thought that was the path I was on, but it, I was. It uh, just put a target on your it, back. It man. did. It was. It's like going out in Survivor and winning the first three immunity challenges. And get him! Get that guy. <laughs> <You> toast. 
you, you have to win out or else you're done. Pretty, pretty rough stuff. But what I wanted to focus on is uh, I, I wanted to bring up some of the battle mechanics, especially for the Pokemon. Uh, because one thing that I noticed that was a little peculiar was the way that when you, so when you flip a pog over, it tells you a certain dice roll that you have to make in order to capture the Pokemon. And normally what you would see in most board games is it would probably say, if you roll one, two, four, you don't get the Pokemon. And if you roll maybe a five or a six or, or above a four, you get the Pokemon. Usually it's two levels of separation. Okay. I've never really seen it in a game in which for us, it was like, if you roll like a two, a three and a four, meaning that the, the much coveted six roll, right? right. Usually when you roll the six, sure. You're going to be feeling pretty happy in most games. Usually you're playing, mm-hmm. right? You have a good chance to completely overshoot your Pokemon. Yeah. And like overkill it, which I was thinking about it. Why would this be a mechanic? Why would this possibly be worked into the game it doesn't feel right that they would takes a higher role and have you accident and you have to get a six in order to catch an articuno but if you want to catch like a a magmar or you want to catch uh like something the else, you like to, a five you have to you have to get a five you, exactly. you must get a five and you can do that with modifiers but for example jeff rolled a six didn't get it i think i've come up with a really good answer for this question let's hear it i, 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 you, I want to see if you guys have one i i don't have an answer i, I, I you did. know i Okay. I I logically just explain it away as it's an arbitrary, you know, random thing. Uh, to me, you know, like, yeah, normally six is the coveted role, but there's no real rhyme or reason. I want to fact check with this with uh, Bill Aber. Maybe I'm just thinking myself into my own butt. But I'll tell you why. Because Pokemon faint. And you cannot capture a fainted Pokemon. Eh? So you have to get it right to the edge, right? If you lower its life, if you look at its life, sort of like... If one, you've taken off one HP, two, two HP, three, three HP, four, four HP. You take off five HP, you got it down to that that nice little red zone. A little bit too much. You can throw the Pokemon. That's right. You go too far, you're going to faint the Pokemon. You're going to accidentally kill it. You cannot catch a fainted Pokemon. I'm throwing that out there as the thematic reasoning behind the peculiar dice rolling that you have to do when catching these Pokemon. Because at first I hated it. I was yeah. like, why would they do that? Why would, you're not getting that, you're not, you're not giving me the big six? You gotta, <laughs> I gotta get the big six. I love that. Roll to six, come on. I love that six, me. let me celebrate. Now it makes perfect sense. I, I, I think, I, um, that out. I think I, yeah. I didn't mind it because at first I saw the modifier. I think I grabbed like an ultra ball and you can add one or two. And then there's a master ball which you can add like one through four. Um, so your chances are a little bit bigger, but you're right. You could you you could still overshoot. I think it was interesting because it didn't make it to where there was always any guaranteed catch. Um, right. And I think that's why even that's, with the master even ball. with the master ball, yeah, like you could still roll a six, which is what you would have. You know, you could have accidentally used a better ball and still not caught the Pokemon, um, which is kind of similar to thematically how the game works. So I, I kind of like that um, in that you know you you throw a master ball out there and you're like I'm definitely gonna catch it in the game. You did, but if you threw like an ultra ball, you're like. Ah, uh, you know, maybe, maybe I will, maybe I won't. Who knows? We'll see. What, what, the only drawback in this is that they should have maxed everything out at a five, but I feel like they were caught between a rock and a hard place. Because, like, to catch a Magmar or an Omastar, which are pretty rare Pokemon, pretty strong Pokemon, uh, they, they it was like you had to you had to roll five, right? You had to roll five even. Um, whereas f- to catch an Articuno or a Zapdos or a Mewtwo, you rolled a six, right? Right. Okay. 
Um, I would say it's actually easier yeah. with the modifiers to roll a six than a five because there's what if you roll a six if you get a six on the nose because if you have the modifier for great you have the you have a great ball or a ultra ball or a master ball you can use the pluses or minuses to save lower rolls right and you don't have a roll that is completely unsavable in any of those combined with any items right yeah um but if you have so so real quickly the great ball you can add plus or minus one the, oh, you can do plus or minus? Yeah, the, on the great ball only. That's the only one okay. you can do plus okay. or minus. The ultra ball, you have to, it's add specifically one or two, one or and two. the master ball is add one, two, three, or four. So the great ball is the only one where right. you can subtract one. I'm, I'm not sure what my mental math is is here, but would you guys say it's better to try and roll? I think it depends on how you play. Because um, if you hard cap it at six, then yeah, six is easier because then you can overshoot. You, t- you can't overshoot. Um, but right. if you're saying that you could technically roll with modifiers a seven or eight and you can't catch it, then technically it's the same. Because um, it's still a yeah. one to six chance plus modifier, right? So, I, it just right. depends on. I, I don't know what the rules say, but um, I think that's. But if you're, you're right, if we cap it at six, then yeah, it's you can't overshoot at that point. So, you know. Right. So if you have no items, or if you if you have limited items, right? You said the great ball is the only item that allows you to do sub, that allows you to subtract. Mm-hmm. If that most people are probably going to have one of the other four different balls that you could have. I can I imagine there's a limited number of uh, great balls. Right. Um. So I would I I would say that's the only hang up on my theory that Bill's putting into play here. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's a good theory. It's a I like little that. No. easier. I think it's I like a good theory. I um I, I think there I was didn't some, even think about it. I think there was some balance probably in how often because those things only come out in events. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas the reds, you could just technically you could just walk up and down the left side of Indigo right, Plateau and true. just buy, you know keep. Counting. Yeah, there's and there's even a couple spaces that say take a red Pokemon. Right, uh, and you can take mm-hmm. any of them that are on the board or especially revealed um yeah that's that's also yeah there's a couple of stat bonuses that i think are worth mentioning as far as the mechanic goes if you have all of your evolutionary stages yeah uh, real quick to jump back to you brought up the pokey doll i went back and looked at the card totals there are there are 10 of the forced trade cards and there are 10 Mm -hmm. of the forced attack cards and there are only six Poke Dolls, so there's Oof. there's twenty cards that uh, you may want to use a Poke Doll for, but there's only six. So oh, I was uh, the odds were not with me in defending against that. But pretty rough, yeah. Pretty rough stuff. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was tough. I feel bad. It felt bad, and I feel bad. <laughs> it, it felt good for us. So <laughs> I, I will say, I the the good thing about that though is that it keeps the action moving. You know, some games that give you too much protection, and you're just always throwing mm-hmm. up protection, and you know nothing ever happens. Nobody yeah. ever steals, and um, you see a lot of blocked action in that in some games where it does that, um, especially mm-hmm. where you have the games where you can play you know play the defense at any time. Those are the ones where mm-hmm. you know if you have a lot of them, you're never gonna like in Uno or, what, or not Uno, um, like Monopoly Deal or whatever. You say say no and all those other cards. Like the blocking cards are are super annoying because you just never know how many they have. Well, yeah, I, I I would agree with that. It just felt bad that I also didn't get a force. Tra- I never I never got a yeah, force yeah, trade card. Yeah. <laughs> I never got yeah. a force battle card. So you guys I, were I agree. you guys were just taken from me. I didn't have a pokey doll and I didn't have another. And you never got trade. a chance to do it to us. Yeah, so. It was it was rough. It was rough. But what can you do? You know that's that's yeah. uh, that's what you get when you sign up for a game that are that's built for eight year olds. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One of the other uh, quick things that I wanted to make a nod to was the inclusion of evolutionary bonuses. Mm-hmm. Like you, you said that the uh, on the cover of the game that it would, you know, it has some of the evolutionary information on there, and that's because you get battle bonuses or right. you you get additional bonuses for having all of an evolutionary chart. But um, I wanted to make a quick nod to the sort of the final the final 
you know, good point that I could bring up before we talk about the last, the brutal last, <laughs> like, final act of the game, which is the Indigo Plateau. Right. Does anyone want to dismantle this thing and just tell <laughs> tell people, like, what we're, what we're dealing with? So I mentioned earlier, if you ever reach a total party power of 20, you get to go to Cinnabar Island, and then on your next turn, enter the Indigo Plateau. The Indigo Plateau is made up of, I think, you know, 14 spaces or something like that. And it's just a circle. Uh, you go around, and most of the spaces are draw an item card, draw an event card, uh, take a certain color Pokemon. Uh, there are two spaces, however, on each end marked Enter Final Battle. Uh, so basically, as you get into the late game, everybody's going to be in the Indigo Plateau. And if you ever uh, move past another player's piece, you can choose to battle them. And if you ever drop below that threshold of 20 from your currently... You put them um, out. Yeah, you're currently, like if any of your Pokemon are knocked out, they don't count towards that threshold. So you can just basically boot them out of the Indigo Plateau. So you're trying to roll, you know, the exact number to land on the final battle space. Uh, trying to avoid everybody else. Trying not to get a bad event card. Uh, you know, going around the circle. And then if you land on the final final battle space, you draw one of the rivals, which I mentioned is going to be one of the members of the Elite Four. Uh, some other player takes on the role of that member. And they roll a die. Uh, you will have some battle bonus listed for the corresponding dice roll. Uh, you get to add, you the player get to add your uh, battle cards if you want to, choose a Pokemon to go into, and you just compare the totals. They, they will have a Pokemon. Um, one thing they kind of did thematically is they have the order in which you fight the Elite Four. Um, so like all, all four of them are there and you randomly draw one. The first one is Lorelei and she only has an attack strength of 10. Uh, Bruno has an attack strength of 11, uh, Agatha 12. And then if you get the Lance, he jumps up to 14 and Gary up to 15. So it's kind of, it's a little bit thematic in that they are kind of tiered like that. However, what I did have a problem with is in the, you know, in Pokemon, you got to fight through all four of them. You gotta, you gotta survive the marathon because you're going through each one of them and you can't go back out of the, what what is that place called? The, yeah. the tower, I guess, the Goblet. It's sort of a boss rush, <laughs> yeah. you know? It's it's like a final gauntlet. I just remembered yeah. before that, um, if you remember in the original Red and Blue, you could copy items um, by... There's a there's a hack that you could do by moving Pokemon between boxes. And oh, save. yeah. And yeah, so, um, you know, what you would do is you would just get an F-ton of PP-ups um, or... <laughs> <laughs> or um, what, uh, whatever the ones revives. that restore. Elixirs, Elixirs, Max Revives, all the heals and all the PP restores. And yeah. you would just, just top off in between. Um, easy. And it was easy. So Easy. Well, for the non-cheaters like me, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you had to make it through the marathon. Work smarter, not one. harder. That's what I one do. thing I didn't enjoy in this is you just randomly draw one of these cards. Yeah. And the way Thomas won, he finally, although I will hand it to him, he was going around in the circle for about 30 minutes uh he but he finally landed on the I final had like 20 items <laughs> yeah he had by a, the time i was done it was ridiculous you guys had four <laughs> or maybe five I, between the i had two like four year. through the entire game yeah you find you finally four. land on the final battle spot we draw lorelei uh who has an attack strength of 10 i roll the modifier of seven so she's up to 17 uh Tom rolls a one, and he was still able to beat her because uh, he had, you know, a five, a plus five, and a plus four attack bonus on top of his for my uh, items. On top of his stolen Zapdos. Oh yeah, Blastoise. Well, I had, I had all the legendaries at the end. Oh, you had, you and had I didn't. I just, yeah, I didn't get a chance to battle. 
Well, fair enough. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> at that because you drew Lorelai, it was it was basically an auto mm-hmm. win. I I would have. There's the only way I could have won is if I had rolled an uh, three or a five, which would get would have can given you, me an eight, and you would. Can have, you play an item? No, no. As the no the I, the quote unquote item playing is from the from the dice roll that uh that you do, and it yeah. just tells you what power to add. So no, I, I I had no agency in that. <clears throat> I, however, however, it does reward you if you win as the quote unquote elite four champion. You get you get to draw two items, which is kind of weird. Yeah, <laughs> because I, I didn't it, like it, that they mechanic. have a they have a little mini game where you and the other players who are not in the elite battle roll off to see who gets to control it. Uh, it's, I don't know, it's a it's a strange decision, but mm-hmm. it it just I guess to give you know the other players agency to try you know all right roll good Billy don't don't let Tom win and. You know, I rolled bad. It'd be it'd be interesting <laughs> if they would let you like invest in the, yeah. in yes. the rival to try and be <laughs> spending spending items during the battle in order like to a gotcha that. mechanic where you can use your item. I think that would be good. Yeah, I yeah. I agree. Like it was really weird because I think Garrett um, reminded me later that because I was a rival and I beat I think beat Tom the first time that I got two oh, item cards. Me. I beat yeah. you and I was like, yeah. what? I was like, why would I? Okay, so I just got to get two free cards and basically I got two free cards by rolling. And beating Tom randomly, and then beating Garrett randomly. So it just kind of it didn't feel like I made a right decision to get those cards. It just happened to be in the right place. <laughs> so what's funny is, uh, so I made it into the Indigo Plateau because I had a bunch of Weedles and Nidorans and uh, you know, Kakunas and just crap, just, just crap. Yeah, fodder. yeah. I had like ten of the two power Pokemon. So I I like didn't want to land on the final battle spot, but I did. So I just sent a Weedle in and basically auto lost. And uh, let Jeff have his two cards, but I didn't have any attack bonus cards. I I had like four potions to to, to revive my fainted Pokemon, so I was just hoping to land on one of the like catch a red Pokemon spaces or. or yeah, I will say like the something. thing about this, the thing that made this um, dice based purgatory a little different is that the longer you stay in Indigo Plateau, you get significantly stronger because yeah like thomas got a ton of item cards you can get a ton of pokemon mm. if you didn't have a legendary before you're probably going to get one just by landing on one of the reds like you're going to get to the point that where the longer you stay in the plateau circling around yeah. you're going to be able to beat one of those elite four it's just a matter of time um and then like garrett mentioned before that you could punt people out but um and i, I don't know if you noticed or you probably didn't notice this but when when so garrett tried to punt me out by fighting me and i threw in my weakest pokemon just because i didn't want to get punted so I, I, once you get in, you don't really need to keep all of your Pokemon. A lot of them are fodder, um, right. which I think is good in some ways and bad in others. But, you know, it wasn't that hard to kick people out. I think it would have been nice to maybe a, a gotcha. I think in our benefit for the show, it was good because it didn't make the game last longer. <laughs> but uh, like a real gotcha mechanic would have been pretty funny. Like you can actually take people out. I, I think it's a quick, a pretty simple fix in order to prevent the game from going too long. Um, I think that, uh, in order to face the boss, if you were able to, if like, once you reach 30 Pokemon power, you're able to face the boss, right? You don't have to keep going around the circle to land yeah. on this specific spot. Or if you want to cash in, uh, eight item cards, you can face the boss. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like, yeah. if you have, because all the other, all the other spots going around the Indigo Plateau have certain effects right you draw a card just like you said earlier event card where you're going to be accumulating either one pokemon or two items yeah cards. they're all good so though you, right like all this like, yeah. imagine if um that's where i got my blastoise yeah. it's where i got my blastoise yeah. was the indigo plateau like imagine but, if it was it, it, imagine if it forced you when you're in the indigo plateau to fight other like with your highest cards so you're probably gonna boot somebody out um or imagine mm-hmm. if some of those spots were negative like the game could have lasted way longer um, not that it was a quick game by any means, but you know, luckily for us, like 
it, there wasn't that many negative effects in the Indigo Plateau, if any. Um, the only time that it, mm-hmm. something might slightly bad happen was when you would land both land in the same spot and have to fight even your lowest character. So that wasn't that big of a deal, except for Garrett took two of my item item cards, which kind of sucked. But <laughs> I never landed on the final battle anyway, so it did end up mattering. Um, but yeah, I would say, yeah, I agree with you. I think there, some way to hasten up the game once you get to Indigo Plateau would have been nice. I think I think they were right on it. Uh, one thing I didn't really talk about is once you get to Cerulean City, you can move in whichever direction you want on your turn. So you can kind of backtrack and go to you know maybe a Pokemon Center to re- revive your Pokemon. I don't I don't understand why they don't just like make it your decision to go fight in the Elite Four. Like whenever you're ready to go there, just just go and don't make it this exact role thing. Um, you know, because like other games have had this uh, when you like uh, Firefly is a good example. Uh, when in Firefly, when you're playing, you can choose to take on the final missions, and if you lose, you get punished. But you know, you can just take it on again your next turn, albeit a little bit weaker. Uh, but if you choose to, you're like, oh no, I lost. You can you can hightail it out of there, and you know, go back to a Pokemon Center and try to revive and get strong up. I, I mean, I think that's all you have to do. I, I I don't understand why they had this circle that you're just kind of waltzing around. Yeah, in. I wonder if part uh, of it just is make like, it this just make it this like weighing decision where you're like, all right, I, I it's a race to see who can get a strong enough team to fight them. Um, it also will develop this meta game where you know if people play this multiple times, you you have a pretty good feeling that you know I need to get you know a Pokemon with nine power and a five and a four to stand a good chance. And then also, I think they should have had you battle each of the members of the elite. Four. Yeah, I, agree. I think I think you need to go through them, um, and then that way you can just take out the take out the dice base purgatory, go to that area, and then you know, survive the gauntlet, and then that's how you win. I think that would have been more true to the game and uh, a little bit more fun for the players. I'm kind of torn because uh, you know what wasn't thematic about the game was that they didn't make you go through all the cities, but that would have lasted forever. Right. Like that would have made the game <laughs> yeah. really really long. Collect some gym badges. Yeah, like you had to fight gym. You had to fight yeah fight a gym um, leader at every place. It would have made the game super, super long. So I'm happy that they didn't do that. But at the same time, like, you know, the whole right side of the map, we didn't even care about, you know, like we, we realized that red, the red side had the strongest Pokemon. We went directly to red if you could. Um, It didn't feel like I needed to go to any of the cities. It would have been kind of interesting if they sprinkled Pokemon across, but it wouldn't have been true to the game, I guess. But then again, you you know, you do have the Zapdos that you get by going the other direction in Palette. Yeah. Like there are technicalities but i see what you mean well yeah and i i, I think a, another simple fix of that jeff is just like make the attack types matter because right you know, yeah water water versus fire you know it just doesn't matter you just compare their raw strength right right so yeah if you need to catch water pokemon over on the on the east side of the map and you know grass pokemon over on the west side yeah totally i totally see where you're coming from yeah, yeah. and uh, yeah it's like it's like part of me wants to make the game more thematic but knowing the game being more thematic would have made the game a lot longer too. So I'm like, I'm like yeah. kind of in the middle. So yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, I have a question for you guys. Uh, this has to do with Pokemon, but it's a little bit of an aside. D- did you guys ever hear? I don't know if this is a rumor or that I like just maybe I picked this up on a GeoCities website or an Anchor Fire <laughs> website, and they never, I never got the actual truth from this. If you die when facing the Elite Four, does your game start over? No, <laughs> no, no. I died a lot. <laughs> That's what I was told. Really? Really? <laughs> yes, I was told that if you die while fighting the Elite Four, I don't know, maybe this is something my brother told me. But <laughs> <laughs> 
If you die while fighting the Elite That's Four, great. it forces your entire no. game to start. No, you, I mean, I died plenty and so of times. You just start back in the Pokemon. Whenever game. I died against the Elite Four, I would go, and I would, like, reset. reset. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty great. Turn the game off and turn it off. That's really uh, funny. Oh, so actually, God. quick little anecdote. I I vividly remember my first time going up against the Elite Four. I was uh, I was up against Lance, and he was he had his Dragonite out, and I was down to my last Pokemon, and it was a Beedrill. And <laughs> he, uh, my I was we were in the car. We were going on like a road trip to um to Chattanooga to like Lookout Mountain, I think, mm-hmm. and yeah. or Rock City. We we're going to Rock City. Uh, Rock and City. We yeah, we dude. got up we got up to the top of the mountain, and my little red light comes on. Oh no! And and I've got this Beedrill. Um, but he was so tiny that the Dragonite could not attack him. And I every time I did an attack, it was like a Fury or. or Whatever the multiple beast is, yeah. yeah, fury attack, and it would take off a single pixel every single time <laughs> I would attack. But he was my last Pokemon. Um, I had a couple of PP potions to to keep replenishing that. Um, I squeaked it out, was able to save my game, and then it just you know you know when the original Game Boy died, Fades. it just started fading. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was it was one of the, it was like the most epic How ending to uh, yeah. my first my first victory over the final four. I then did go on to lose to Gary, but that's not important. <laughs> Nobody cares about that. Great. Um, man, good memories. Yep. Yeah, it, it feels good to uh, finally get the best of the Elite Four. Uh, <laughs> By shot. defeating Lorelai and my first By defeating Lorelai and then all the others just see how brutal. I just remember, like, you get to, you, you hit your stride in the middle of the game, right? You feel like you're crushing people. And then mm-hmm. you, I, I always remember getting to Elite Four and then you face the first person, you're like, oh my God, everyone's so much, because they're like, uh, you go through, you don't fight anybody for a while. You go through like that tunnel, Victory Road, I think. Um, mm-hmm. And then basically there's like a 20 or 30 level gap between like your last city and your next city and in the Elite Four in there. I think they're all at like level 60s or 70s. And then so yeah. you, you basically have to like, oh, I'm, I'm leaving. You leave the Elite Four and you have to grind <laughs> for like, <laughs> like a couple more days and then you go, go back to fight them. Like, I, I always thought that was really funny because I was like, yeah, I'm going to crush the game. about to win. You get up there like, oh, that is one thing that I think might be missing from the game. And this will sort of take us into sort of our reviews is I would have liked to have seen the badges play a a role in this. I felt like that the trainer battles and the the traveling was good, but it was all about catching Pokemon rather than, you know, actually fighting with them. Um, And I feel like there's a little bit of the player on player action there, but I would have liked to see gym leaders. I would have liked to see that work into the game but that might make it too yeah long. so i can't like i can't f- flack him for that but i wonder if there's a there's a creative way to implement those mechanics into the game in a sort of uh at least a nod to the the presence of the leveling up portions of the game even though there was a really a good sense of growth i think yeah uh to sort of segue into the reviews you guys want to hear what some people are saying about this game? yeah i've got one from el Ravarosa from uh from Spain. I hope I got that name right. Uh, they say, boy, playing lottery is less RNG than this game. <laughs> literally, literally feels like a kick in the nuts to manage a three evolution Pokemon. For then being st- <laughs> it's stolen by some Randy with that OP card that forces you to give your full evolved Charizard in exchange for a Caterpie. <laughs> three, oh. three out of ten. <laughs> God, that's awful. That's just so brutal. So there's true. like a guy, there's an actual guy, I think, in the Pokemon game who really does want to do a really bad trade. Yeah. I think it's something along the lines for like, hey, I'll give you a... Metapod. He wants to, <laughs> he wants to trade a Pidgeot 
for a Firo. <laughs> and you're like, no. Got him. It, it's just like, why do you get away from me, dude? Like, this, that card is just this guy's will being manifested into our game. Just uh, forcing these terrible trades through. Uh, I, I have a review here from Reality uh, Foible. Um, and I think this perfectly sums up the game that we're looking at here. Oh my god, this is one of my earliest memories of games as a kid. Objectively terrible, but I don't care. I'll always have the fondest of memories. Gives it a six. And I think that that is one thing that we're going to see with a lot of these games, with a lot of the reviews for this uh, board game online, Hmm. is... I think that this is one of those things that sort of attached itself to such a cultural juggernaut that so many people hold fondly. I don't know. It's more of like a, it's an evergreen sort of yeah. uh, piece of uh, piece of culture that we have here, a piece of media that I think is going to be treated softly and with soft gloves rather than games like the Napoleon Dynamite game, right? Like, I don't know why, but that's not nearly as evergreen. Maybe it's because it's not associated with childhood, more like teenage years. Um, But I I feel like at least this game managed to to cultivate enough fans where they did enough with the game that they didn't get absolutely... Yeah, I want to read one more comment before we jump into our reviews, if that's okay. So, Mm -hmm. um, and, and this is capturing what you're saying here. So, this person, Krister, says... Um, this game is pure nostalgia. It isn't particularly balanced or structured in an exciting way, likely because it's a product of its time, which I wholly agree. Um, the real experience comes from hunting Pokemon you love or need. Battle- battles are not particularly well structured, and the fact that there is only one of each Pokemon can make set collection easily possible, which is funny because none of us really went for the set collection thing. Um, the game does uh, does some good things to address this, but the fact that the starting Pokemon are highly unbalanced can kill a game when, with more than three players very quickly, which I also found kind of weird because we, ne- we never used our starting Pokemon. So I wonder how, <laughs> I wonder how different... That is true. How, well, yeah, I, well it's like if you evolve them, they're, you know, if you... Because if you have the Charmander, you, then you're automatically going to go for the Charizard set if you do go for that. Right. But yeah, you're right. Um, to sort of go into our own thoughts about this game, uh, I was... I was tipping my hat as far as like the way I sort of feel about this. Um, I think old Bill did a good job with this one. I don't think it's a, the perfect game, um, but I don't think you really can make the perfect game. You need something that kids are going to be able to play, that it's going to be able to wrap up in around 45 minutes, you know, so that they can play it when they get after. They you can, they can play it in between doing homework, you know after what I mean? After a snack? Like that's, yeah, you get home, you have a snack, have a nice you, apple you with play a warm little glass of this, of milk. and then mom screams at you so that you got to get started on the math work kiddo and uh that's that's who you got to remember is going to be playing playing this one so for all the people that i do see on on this uh on board game geek who are giving this game a lot of flack uh for maybe not having all the mechanics and even some of the stuff that i was saying about it that is one thing to keep in mind is that you can't put everything in a pokemon game the most important stuff that you have to have in there you got to have the collecting you got to catch them all pokemon master and you do have to have an elevation, sort of a gradual a gradual climb towards your Pokemon Master status, which they do pretty well with having you finally get to battle the Elite Four. The only thing that I wish was there was um, uh, the trainer stuff, or at least incorporating a little bit more battling amongst, uh, uh, battling amongst the players in which... Uh, I don't know. I never looked forward to battling because I didn't want any of my Pokemon to faint. It's more about self-preservation <laughs> right. than hurting other people. I, I wonder if there's a uh, there's a way that you could fix that. 
But uh, the last thing I will say is the thing that's making me going to give this a more positive review is my theory on the dices. If this if it's <laughs> due to the HP, that's genius, and that gives this thing bonus points. Boys, I'm giving this a five, an even five. Even five. Nice. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> cool. I, I can go next. So, yeah, I agree with a lot of points you made. I think um, I appreciated that, you know, the whole map is here. Um, you can catch different Pokemon. The Pokemon level up depending on the region. Um, you do feel like you're kind of progressing through the game pretty nicely. Um, you know, at first when you get to the Indigo Plateau, it does feel like it's difficult to beat. I mean, if you like, I think some uh, Garrett, I think you landed on the Rival cards early and um, needed a little help early at that time. So um, yeah, you kind of feel like you land there and you kind of need. To I just needed more, my Moltres. You just needed some more training, or people not to steal your cards. You know, so um, yeah, I I, I think. A couple of things that would have made the game a little bit more interesting would be, um, you know, maybe the maybe the idea of gyms uh, and gym leaders collecting badges, like the game, like the true game and the true anime um, hold to be true. But like we mentioned a couple times, it might make the game a, t- a bit too long. So you know, maybe Bill had thought of that at the point and just decided, hey, let's just cut some corners from the lore and, and just make a game that's playable within 45 minutes. Um, so yeah, I, I, I'm I think I'm fine with that. Um, in general, I. Uh, I like the fact that they included things like evolution and set collection. Um, they, they did a pretty decent nod to a lot of elements in, in the actual show, in the actual game. So pretty happy in that point. Um, I'm, I'm glad I didn't run super long, to be honest. Uh, you know, like, this game could have been really blown out of proportion. It could have been super, super long, and it wasn't. Um, so yeah, so I think I'm going to give it, uh, I think I'm going to give it a six and a half. Not bad. Okay. Uh, yeah, Tom, I totally agree with some of your points about uh, being an evergreen title. I think one of the reasons this game has become so popular and remained popular as kind of like a cult classic is because so many people have like put up their own homebrew rules yeah. and stuff, especially on Board Game Geek and, and Tabletop Simulator. And I think you're totally right. It, it's because it's it's got you know that poke it, you know it's a pokemon game it's not it's not a napoleon dynamite game it's it's not a battle ball game it's not a you know robin hood game uh and and i think where bill and bill and co went right is by including so many so many concepts that are involved in the original pokemon they have every single pokemon in there and yeah it's not important to catch them all in the actual game but if you want to make that important with your own rules you can because they give you all that stuff um, they let you be Ash. Everybody is going to want to be Ash and not, you know, uh, Brock red. or Misty or, yeah, Red or, yeah. or anybody else. Um, and they include all the major places. They include the rivals. They include everything in there. And, you know, they cut it out, kind of. They kind of, uh, chop block it and with the, with the knees, from the knees, uh, with the rules that they implement. But if you want to put in your own stuff, they give you all the tools you need to do that. And I, I think that's pretty cool. Um, and I think you're right. Maybe they thought of this and then they, you know, cut a lot of trim the fat for eight year olds to get it down to a 45 minute playtime. Mm-hmm. Um, with that being said, that's what we got to judge it on uh, is the game that comes in the box. And I thought there were a lot of problems with the Dice Space Purgatory, the ending, uh, the brutal trade <laughs> mechanisms, the gotcha and take that mechanisms. Because I think in the general world of Pokemon, it's not. Yeah, you have rivals that are battling, but there's not straight up stealing, and there's not you know spitting on people. It, sh- it should have been a Team Rocket card. Yeah, and then you wouldn't be able to do crap. Sure, <laughs> sure. Yeah, and and they could they could have they steal your Pokemon, but not another. 
another player gets it or another player gets to be team rocket or you know something like yeah, that. yeah. uh okay. i i didn't think that was necessarily thematic um but i thought it was really cool what they did the the lip service they did to the fans is, is uh pretty cool um with that i am right in between you guys i'm gonna give this a five and a half Nice. Very good. So what does that put us for the uh, RDG average? The here? Rough Draft Games Boys average is at a 5.7. BGG has this as a 5.8. Pretty close. That is, uh, yeah, really close. That is based off of a whopping 1.2 thousand ratings. Uh, so very popular game uh, here on Board Game Geek and, you know, in general. All right, Tom. So let's make it 1,201 ratings on Board Game Geek. Let's add the official Rough Draft Boys poem rating okay poem rating spoiler alert we got a little rhythmic with this one so bear with us i had a zapdos its name was fred i had a friend his name was ted but ted took my zapdos and gave me his pokemon instead i couldn't say no and now my dreams are dead six out of ten Snaps all around. There we go. Six <laughs> out of ten. If you want to see that review, you can do so by going over to Board Game Geek and checking out uh, out the uh, Pokemon Master Trainer page. You can see it. You can interact with us on Board Game Geek, but that's not the only place you can interact with us. No, 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 my friends. If you would like to reach out to us on social media, you can hit us up on Twitter. You can tell us your favorite Pokemon uh, myth, right? Maybe it was the Mew under the truck. Maybe it was the uh, the missing no glitch, which actually turned out not to be a myth. Or maybe it was that, uh, you know, that you could actually solve the mystery behind... Uh, was the what was the pokemon ghost tower where it's like get there's a bunch it's of pewter city i can't remember what yeah. the ghost tower was called but yeah i know it's not pew it's lavender town that's lavender lavender town maybe you have some crazy theories on that uh that baby cubone that died i don't know man. rest in peace but we want to hear about him gotta reach out to us at rough draft games on twitter if you have any other games, if maybe you're uh, thinking you want to be like Travis, uh, recommend us a game and have us play it. Uh, you can make those recommendations. We're looking for good stuff to play here in the quarantine that we can play virtually that I don't have to go over to Half Price Books and buy. Send us an email, roughdraftgames at gmail.com, and uh, we would love to hear your recommendations. And uh, we would love to play the games that you guys find interesting. So send us an email, roughdraftgames@gmail.com. We'll play them. And finally, if you've been waiting 20 years for that Pokemon MMORPG, come on over to roughdraftgames.com where we don't have it, but we have other things that you can do instead, like read our thematics of other games that we're playing, uh, check out other episodes of Roll Move, and of course, the new game that we're coming out with, All Rise. Yes, just keep on waiting. It's never going to happen. never going to happen. It's just... But the best way to deal with that, the best way to cope with, with that loss <laughs> is by turning your mind away from yourself and giving back to other people, specifically iTunes, five stars. It's a it's a wonderful thing. It'll improve your lot in life. It'll make you feel really good about yourself. And we would be very, very grateful if you haven't already done so for you to go to iTunes and give our 
uh, our little podcast here, Five Stars. It uh, helps us with the algorithms, helps people find the show, and it helps us spread the word about our upcoming game, All Rise. If you haven't already heard, we've been saying it all week, we've been saying it every week, we'll say it again right here, right now. You can be a part of the game that we're getting ready to bring. It's going to be going on Kickstarter very, very soon. If you want to be the first to hear when that happens, you can join our mailing list and uh, you can also be the first if you're joining that mailing list to hear other updates about All Rise that might involve a little, a little, can I drop this here? Can I drop this? Am drop I it. Drop this right now? You can drop this right a now. Little, a little tabletop sim action. Hey. That's right. If you, we are, we're doing our best to bring this thing over to tabletop. Rather, Garrett is. He's been working his ass off on it. Um, and if you want to hear about that and when that's going to be announced, the first people that hear about it are going to be those on the mailing list. So go ahead, head on over to our website, sign up to be a part of that, and you are going to be the first ones to hear when this goes live on Tabletop Faux Free. So uh, go ahead and hit us up there. But other than that, Garrett, I think we've caught them all, man. We've, got, we've done it. We put them all on Bill's PC. <laughs> we've got them, got them all. Got them on Bill's PC. I think we need to go visit Nurse Joy because uh, I think Jeff's over there fainted. We're going to have to get that guy revived. Do a little He's just <laughs> making this really loud. Yeah, that blinking noise is getting really annoying. <laughs> oh, no, I didn't press B. I pressed A. I got to talk to her again. <laughs> <laughs>